Arms across the land Eagles in their hands The upper hand A podcast We could this wicked blight A mighty guild of geeks arise Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Honey, don't take a shortcut. You always get us lost. From master filmmaker Hayao Miyazaki. What is it? Come on, let's go in. I want to see what's on the other side. Where are you going? Hey! You said just a quick look. Now let's go back. You shouldn't be here. Get out of here now. What? Leave before it gets dark. You've got to get across the river. Go. I'll distract them. Don't be afraid. I'm Master Haku. No! I just want to help you. No! In worlds seen and unseen, where spirits are transformed, <laughs> and sorcerers rule, Baba controls you by stealing your name. If you completely forget it, you'll never find your way home. Your name belongs to me now. One girl's future depends on her judgment. Aren't you getting wet out there? I'll leave the door open for you. Her courage. It's Haku! He's hurt! Haku! Haku! This way! Her loyalty. Haku helped me before. Now I want to help him. Everyone, I need my shoes and clothes, please. And remembering one thing above all else. I want you to know my real name. It's Chihiro. Walt Disney Studios presents a Studio Ghibli film. Experience a magical movie phenomenon. Embraced by all the world. Let's go! This fall, prepare to be spirited away. All right, welcome to episode 22 of Culture 23. Zoo. 23. <laughs> of Culture Zoo Mighty Guild of Geeks. I'm Levi. And I am Rosalind. And we are recording tonight what may be the most loud studio ever recorded. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of traffic. Which is apropos, just watching the behind the scenes on this, and because um, mm. I actually own the DVD, oh. and it has a little special features, and... Um, because they were so short on their deadline, instead of going to like a real recording studio, they made like a makeshift one. So Hayao oh. Miyazaki could just go back and forth really easily. Interesting. And there was no glass between like the actors and the studio. So they had to be dead silent, mm. like the, all, you know, the directors uh -huh. and the recording booth. And it was really, really difficult. They kept like <laughs> laughing noise. or like, yeah. <laughs> that would stink. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm keeping with the theme. We are in well into the summer of Miyazaki here. Um, almost out of summer. We yeah. may be going into the fall of Miyazaki, fall of Miyazaki. or the twilight <laughs> of Miyazaki, perhaps. Uh, although uh, his output radically slowed down yeah. um, around this point. So, well, he was 60 when this movie came out. Oh, really? Okay. Which wow. is like, Impressive. no, I think he may have been. It was either Mononoke or this one. He was 60, so he's at least yeah. 60. Well, we haven't mentioned the movie we're talking about tonight. But before we yes. do, how can people find us if they want to discover, follow our exploits, leave a review on our <laughs> iTunes, um, perhaps? Well, we're on onedrawingaday.wordpress.com. Mm -hmm. um, we are on Instagram at culturezoopodcast. Mm -hmm. And Twitter, I don't remember our Twitter. Cizu Podcast. Cizu Podcast is that's our Twitter right. handle. So that's how you can get a hold of us. Yes. And of course, if you like what you hear, please leave a review. It doesn't take long. It's not hard. At this point, I'd take a bad review. At this point, I would take a bad review. <laughs> We're stuck at three. It's kind of embarrassing. It so, is. It's you know, what do you want us to do? I mean, name your price. We'll, 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 uh, mm -hmm. we'll uh, meet it. Um, so yeah, so we are talking about 
Uh, Spirited Away. Spirited Away. Spirited Away. 2001 release. Yeah, the 2001 film. But uh, the 2002 Academy Award winner Mm. for Best Animated Feature, a stupid category. It was Best Animated Feature, not Foreign Film or... Uh, Best Animated Feature. Okay. Yes. Um, and I think it was like one of the first ones they introduced that category, which I think is a stupid category. It is a stupid category. As many of the things that the Oscars are really stupid. <laughs> Maybe stupid. the stupidest event ever put on by mankind. I was thinking about that the other day, how annoying it is. Yeah. Like, we have rich it's celebrities. It's so self-serving. Like, look at us on the red carpet. Exactly. Aren't we pretty? Doll themselves up, yeah. spill millions of dollars in the clothes, yeah. and then give each other awards. <laughs> each other awards, exactly. As if like, they've cured cancer <laughs> or done something great for society. It, just like it makes them like they're so self-important and i want to be like you guys are actors it's like an industry award event <laughs> you know but then they expect everyone to care and we do yeah which is awful like we're just feeding them problem yeah exactly like, yeah no it's it's pretty terrible um and hayao miyazaki didn't even come to the academy awards to get this which do you know why no this is interesting. He he came because he was against the Iraq War, but he wasn't publicly against the Iraq War. What you mean he didn't come? Yeah, he didn't come because, because he was the, against the Iraq War. But he also he didn't come out and say why yeah. he wasn't coming. He just kept it quiet. Yeah, which I was kind of yeah. admired. That Instead of like classy. coming up, accepting your Oscar, saying something preachy. Yeah, exactly. Well, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like usually, like if we have an opinion, we have to make a big stink about mm-hmm. it. But he didn't. He hmm. didn't even tell anyone about that till like a decade later. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Which which I thought well, I was like a classy guy. He's <laughs> I have a huge like crush on him. Yeah. I love him. Well, um that that no- that strange noise you hear <laughs> is uh it's not like interdimensional riffs. Those are ice cubes <laughs> in my glass. Oh, sounds like It sounds kind of magical. It does sound kind of magical. Yeah, it's pretty. I guess, yeah. Um yeah, very very classy guy. Yeah. Highly I mean, he has kind of that that Japanese um, right. elegance and um, yeah, dignity. They're, exactly. That they're just classy. Like, you know, English class. people are smart. Japanese yeah. people are classy. Classy. Very classy. Yeah, just that I, I just don't think we have in America. I also think he's really cool in the reverse cool fashion where uh-huh. he's not trying to be cool yeah. at all. But like he's he was hipster before it was hipster almost. Yeah. Like It is interesting because uh, have you ever seen that video where John Lasseter brings him to Pixar? Uh-uh. Um, and John Lasseter is the guy behind... Behind Pixar, basically, yeah. he's the founder of Pixar. Um, you know, kind of this big. Um, you know, he he's this rotund, mm-hmm. uh, cheerful-looking, kind of red-cheeked guy who always goes around in Hawaiian shirts and khakis. <laughs> you know, um, like seems like a really charming, fun guy. But it was just really funny for him to be like kind of all over like mm-hmm. these pictures of like him all over this kind of like slight <laughs> aged Japanese right. man. You know, it was right. just like a little bit funny to me. Um, but John Laster is actually the guy um, who I think really, you know, kind of paved the way right. for getting Ghibli. Like, kind this, of, yeah. I mean, I think it's kind of a passion thing for him. Yeah. Like he, he loves Ghibli films and that's why Disney is you know, support. I don't think they make a lot of money. Here, right. Translating. You know? And then they just release them on video. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think they're huge money makers. Yeah. Them, but, um, I think John Lasseter has a lot to do why we have English dubs, um, hmm. and, and Disney distribution hmm. of uh, Ghibli films. But this was the first one. Yeah. And this was, this was, I think, the first time I really, like, this was the first film I ever saw. Me of, too. Um, of it. I, I can't, I don't know if it was, I think there was just a lot of trailers out. Everyone was talking about it. I think because it, it was Disney. Yeah. Disney kind of. There was know. a lot of promotion for yeah. it. Um, everyone was talking about it. Um, and I was kind of like, well, I should check that out. Because, I mean, the, the accolades that mm-hmm. it was getting at the time were pretty, like, um, over the top, mm-hmm. you know, it was kind of, you know, um, everyone was, it was like best, one of the best films ever. Right. Best animated films ever. So in 2002, man, I still remember I was, you know, newly married, mm. um, living in, a, on the top of Banner Mountain in Nevada City. Uh-huh. And I remember watching this film on my laptop. <laughs> um, and I was pretty instantly, I think, yeah, like, wow, this was something I had never seen before. Like, very different, kind of just following a different logic. Yeah, it, it was ex- so seen. exciting yeah. the first time you see it. Because, 
yeah, it's like the same thing where I'd never seen anything like it. Yeah. And it was instantly so beautiful and different and just grabs you. Like it's a really, I think it's probably a really good introductory film to Ghibli to kind of give you the feel of, because they are so different to kind of give you a heads up a little bit. Yeah. And there's certain films that it's funny because I was, I was still kind of reticent after this to, to know whether I was really going to be all Mm -hmm. in for, Hayao Miyazaki. I didn't even really know who he was mm-hmm. at the time. I just knew this was kind of this, you know, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't sure if it was something like I, I. The trailers usually to his films don't necessarily do them justice. They it's it, really hard to capture it's, what's going it's, on. It's hard. It's very hard to capture and make an appealing Ghibli mm-hmm. trailer. I think because so much of it, there, there's so many of like the moments. Like it's yeah. so about like the such way the story flows, yeah, yeah, and uh, just the it's a, they're such subtle films, yeah, that you really you know they don't lend themselves well to trailers. So I feel like for a long time I'd watch a trailer of like his films like mm, that doesn't look super. You can't good. even tell what it's about. Yeah, and... it just looked kind of weird, and um, and then uh, you know. Then I would watch another one and be like, "Oh, I really like that one. <laughs> that was really, Did it really again. good." Yeah, and so. Um, uh, yeah, it, it, hmm. he quickly became, I think, one of my favorite directors. Although it took me a while to work my way through all his films. Yeah. Um, and uh, but yeah, yeah, and pretty pretty quickly he became one of my favorites after that. So, um, Spirited Away. Um, I'm just going to read something that Miyazaki said okay. to kind of kick off discussion of the plot. Um, that this was his inspiration for the film. So this is from an interview. I forget where the interview is from, but I got it off the internet, so, <laughs> so we know it's good. Definitely real. It's definitely real. <laughs> um, we have made Totoro, which is for small children, Laputa, or Castle in the Sky, in which a boy sets out in a journey, and Kiki's delivery service, in which a teenager has to live with herself. We have not made a film for 10-year-old girls, who are in the first stage of their adolescence. So I read the Sujo manga, such as Niyosaki Orion, which they left in my mountain cabin. Uh, so this was, I, I should back this up. Mm-hmm. He, he did a long vacation with some friends who had two 10-year-old girls. And he started reading what they were reading. Oh. So this, this stuff he's talking about. Reading. Yeah. And this is, this is what he found. He said, I felt this country only offered such things as crushes and romance mm-hmm. to 10-year-old girls. Though, as I looked at my young friends, I felt this was not what they held dear in their hearts, mm-hmm. not what they wanted. So I wondered if I could make a movie in which they could be heroines. If they find this movie to be exciting, it will be a success in my mind. They can't lie. Until now, I made I Wish There Was Such a Person leading characters. This time, however, I created a heroine who is, a heroine who is an ordinary girl, mm-hmm. someone with whom the audience can sympathize, someone about whom they can say, yes, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's very important to make it plain and unexaggerated. Starting with that, it's not a story in which characters grow up, but a story in which they draw on something already inside them, brought out by the particular circumstances. I wanted to tell such a story in this movie. I want my young friends to live like that, and I think they, too, have such a wish. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, so that's, uh, so that's, that's a great place to start. So we open with Chichiro, <clears throat> who is a 10-year-old girl moving to a new town with yeah. her parents. Um, and right away, uh, what are your impressions of Jashira? She's just kind of a little bit bratty, kind of She's apathetic. Kind of yeah, whiny. A little bit whiny. Kind right? of. Um, Very typical, kind of what you'd expect out of a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. She's, she's, Yeah. Yeah, she starts off annoying. She kind of whines. And um, a couple other things. Um, she's not particularly beautiful. Mm, yeah, very plain. Very plain Like looking. ordinary. She's ordinary. got cute, skinny little legs. She looks like a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. You know? um, she's no, like, great beauty or anything like that. <laughs> right. She doesn't have any real sense of destiny even about her. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's not like she's excited. I love this shot where yeah. she's she's laying in the back of the car. Yeah. This opening scene. Kind of pouting. Pouting, just being whiny. And you can see, like, you see her perspective and she you see trees going by and signs Mm -hmm. but you she is not looking at it she's not sitting up and looking out the window you can just sense her sense of apathy or you know like just disinterested doesn't want to go on an adventure for this new house Mm -hmm. you know she won't even look out the window it's like she's very there's little details like that all through this movie that they just are so observant of young um, of of girls in this age kind of all the characters they do but um, just like when she's interacting with her parents, they have to like talk to her twice to be uh-huh. like, Tichiro, Tichiro, yeah. you know, yeah. where, it, you know, girl, you know, not just girls, I guess boys are like that Kids. too, but just like yeah. getting a response out of them. You have yeah. to like bang him over the head, you know? <laughs> um, 
And uh, there's just like uh, just little such subtle things the way like they even like animate her body mm-hmm. where she's like a little too like she's gangly and just looks exactly mm-hmm. like a 10 year old girl. Yeah, the way she and I think it kind of reminds me of Totoro, how well mm-hmm. he you animate children yeah. in such a like a, they capture those little characteristics that kids have. But yeah. so it opens uh, with them moving to this new this new town. They kind of get lost and end up her and her parents end up in what appears to be like an abandoned carnival mm-hmm. or kind of a theme park theme actually, park, not a carnival, yeah. not like an abandoned theme park out in the country from the nineties. Yeah, they, yeah, they specifically say from the nineties, and um, they start exploring it. This abandoned theme park and. Jachiro, again, is not someone who's excited yeah. by this I- this idea. She does not like she it. She doesn't like it. She's, like, whining the whole time. She wants to go back to the car. Yeah. Her parents are way more into it than yeah. her. Um, and uh, so she's not even, like, someone who's longing for adventure mm-hmm. or excitement. Mm-hmm. She's, very, again, very normal. <laughs> yeah. She's just like, guys, come on. Yeah, like, go back. Let's go back to the car. Yeah. And what ends up happening is... This the the parents eat this food in the theme like park, like magical food, which is magical food, and it turns them into pigs. Yeah, it's the creepiest part. Like this, this movie definitely creeped out yes. my younger kids. Which when they one watched saw it? it? All of them, I think, watched okay. it. Okay, which might have been a little yeah, bit of a mistake. I think it's a yeah. little scary. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I watched it with Steve for the first time, like any yeah. of these movies, and he really got drawn into it. But he was really creeped out by it. Yeah. He was like, "This is like messing with me a little bit." Yeah, you know? this movie, this movie will definitely kind of mess with your. It's just I mess with your head. It's just a little no, creepy. It's just kind it's of it's creepy in ways you don't it, expect. Like, little it. twingy creepiness. Yeah. So her parents, yeah, become pigs. Yeah. Um, they eat the magical food, and, and she pigs. she realizes pretty much too late that this this theme park is not what it seems yeah. it's um it's basically on the border of this magical world and um she encounters Someone who basically tips her off that it's not what it seems. This young boy, her mm-hmm. her own age, um, who tells her, like, you should not be here. Mm-hmm. You need to get out of here before the sun sets. And as she runs away, as she starts to run away, um, all these spirits start appearing. Like, all the yeah. lights come on the theme She park. comes out and she sees, she, it's a lake. And she's yeah. separated from, like, where she came. There was no lake on the way in. Yeah. And a big They came boat. in through this walled area mm-hmm. in this dry riverbed. Well, the riverbed is filled up. And it's a giant lake. It's a giant lake. There's no getting across yeah. it. There's no getting back to her car. Um, her parents are pigs. Right. <laughs> and um, now all these strange spirits start appearing around her. Which is another really cool part. Yeah. It's uh, it's as they, they come up on a boat and as they mm-hmm. step onto land, they you can see them. They yeah. get bodies. So you can sense that this is like a, a world for spirits where they can yeah. be seen and have bodies. And you just are getting banged over the head with like creative animation oh, like it's... shot after creative uh, animation That city, shot. the carnival is so cool. Yeah. When all the spirits start coming out, it just is kind of mind-blowing. Yeah. All the creativity on display there. Just really, just things Different. that you haven't seen. Yeah, you know, these spirits are—they um, do a really good job of being scared. This is a this is a reoccurring theme. Um, they do a really good job of being scary without being evil. Yeah. Just like off-putting. Yeah, they're like, just different. Like something's just a little bit wrong. Yeah. With the way they look. They're just not. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to. Yeah, it's it's hard to to catch. It's a, it's an interesting thing that they really nail yeah. with this movie. So, anyway, she's running scared, and she actually starts to kind of fade away, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so she again meets this young boy. Mm-hmm. Who, um, who who wants to help her? Um, and everything in this in this land centers around this bathhouse. Yeah. So it's um, it's a bathhouse essentially for spirits, where the spirits at night come to. I, I take bath. It's to like <laughs> to, it's like to relax and be yeah. refreshed. Kind of what a spa is. It's a spa for spirits. It's a bathhouse. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't really have bathhouses in America, no. but it's like a spa. I think is the closest. It's to a spa. It's yeah. like yeah, retreat. But I think yeah. it's the like for some reason I got the idea that. 
like when the spirits are in our world, they can't have bodies. And yeah. so they go to the spirit world and have their bodies and are like, yeah. it's like a break for them yeah. and they're refreshed. And then she's, they, you yeah, know. she's clearly gotten into like the spirit world. Yes. This alternate world. It's like um, a parallel universe. That is parallel to our own. Yeah. Um, but she's accidentally stumbled into it. Yes. And um, this young boy whose name is. I'm remembering his real name. Haku. Sorry. Haku. I'm that. that yeah. was an easy one. Uh, Haku, this young boy, bef- like basically befriends her. Um, and what he tells her is that um, if you want to rescue your parents and if you don't want to fade away, first off, he says you have to eat food from mm-hmm. here. So she eats some food and kind of starts fading back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her that you need to basically get a job here. Yeah. Like that's the only way that you're going to either be okay. Cause be she safe. can't, she has to figure out how to save her parents, but she yeah. can't stay there. Yeah. She's only safe if she has a job. She like basically yeah. Baba or whoever is going to kill her unless she gets a job. Yep. Um, and so this is, so she, you know, this whole time Shichiro has been kind of freaking out. Yeah. Just running around scared, it. losing her, <laughs> yeah, losing her cool in a yeah. big way. Just kind of screaming, running around. So this is kind of a big step for her. And there's, this is one of like the first of many steps of her growth as a character. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting in this, in this world of, um, in this very fantastic world, like the first challenge is just getting down these really scary stairs, which is like so perfect <laughs> yeah. in a yeah. way. It's funny. So the, he, she, he tells her, okay, go get a job from, uh, the boiler man mm-hmm. who like lives at the bottom of the bathhouse. Um, and he'll give you a job, but you have to like, won't take, keep asking. You have to keep asking. You can't take no for an answer. He'll try to send you away. So to cheer, but to to get down to the bottom of the bathhouse has to go down these really scary stairs that are on the side of the the bathhouse is this huge building and they have this sheer drop. And, um, it's just funny her, like they animate this again so well Mm -hmm. of like how, how I would actually go down those stairs. That's how I would go down the stairs. She's like going down on her butt, like really carefully. Yeah. And then slips. (laughs) Yeah. She's not really graceful or, um, but she makes it in and has to, and gets a job. Yeah. You know, finally manages to get a job. And, And this is, I also think like this, this has a very like fairy tale logic to me like a lot more than his previous films yeah where it's kind of like these simple quests that you have to do well yeah it's um it's yeah it's uh it just kind of reminded me of um thinking like Rumpelstiltskin Mm -hmm. you know where it's like you must you know do this to do this to get this and you know how is this going to work out for Mm -hmm. the heroine but um, just by doing it, the the solution kind of presents itself. Mm. Um, I don't know. It just it feels very fairy. Yeah, it's to me. it's very a ton more fairy tale than any mm-hmm. of his other movies for sure. Exactly. You know exactly. So she gets a job in this um, in this bathhouse essentially, and um, is brought before kind of the boss, the person overlord of the bathhouse is this witch named Yubaba. this um again very off-putting yeah like scared the kids yeah oh she's creepy as poo like (laughs) and um so yubaba is the way they designed her um she's this old woman but she's a massive old woman yeah she has a humongous head her head is like giant she kind of looks like like a like a i don't i can't even think of she almost like has the proportions of a creepy doll um but like an old woman doll yeah um and, and yeah, so she's, her, her face is just very unsettling. <laughs> um, it's, it's the way her head is too big for her body. Like yeah, it just, the proportions are creepy. It's the proportions. Yeah. It just looks scary. There's a lot of instances of that. Yeah. You know, um, so Yubaba is this witch and the way she controls the people in her bathhouse is she steals your name. Yeah. Um, and she steals, she takes Chichiro's name. And so now Chichiro is a slave to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she renames Chichiro Sen, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to call her Chichiro because mm-hmm. that would be confusing. <laughs> um, and she also has her parents, uh, Yubaba also now has her parents in a pig pen. Yes. 
And she's gonna, they're going to eat them. They're going to eat the parents. Yeah. Uh, and so, but Sen, uh, she just basically puts uh, uh, Yubaba mm-hmm. puts uh, Chichiro to work. Um, and so now Tachiro is just, a, you know, one of the many people working in this busy bathhouse. Yeah. And she gets no sympathy, pretty much. I mean, yeah. there's there's very little people. There's not, they're not, that's the thing is immediately you, you kind of get the sense that the people there aren't, they're not evil, but they're not kind either. No, they're just kind of like busy and busy. have to yeah. take care. They're kind of looking out for themselves. She's befriended by like another human there. Yeah. I'm sort of befriended, but again, it's just kind of like try to keep up, yeah. you know. Just you're but thrown in, into in this like world. a nice way. She's nice she's, to her. She's she's yeah. like a big sister kind of a deal, but yeah. not really. What did you think of the design of this bathhouse? Oh my gosh, I love it. Yeah, it's so cool. There's all these elevators, and you can oh yeah, all these baths and these spirits yeah. just taking these giant spas, and um, and also it just makes me want to have a Japanese house, like the yeah. way the sliding doors are, and there's all also it has like a really cool like um kind of like how victorians have lots of like little hidden like servant mm-hmm. staircases and yep. stuff it feels very like that like yeah. little secret passageways and mm-hmm. there's just so much about it that is amazing yeah this it feels very fully realized yeah it reminded me a lot okay this is a little bit of a rabbit trail but um when i was 14 i went on a quote-unquote mission trip <laughs> for a month to costa rica um and uh, we stayed in this hotel in Costa Rica, huh. the Europa Hotel. And it's kind of a place I'll never forget huh. um, because it was the weirdest building I've ever been in, in that you got in there and it looked like an ordinary hotel, but all of, like as you started to get into it, it just went everywhere huh. in weird ways. Huh. You know, it was like designed to like... Our room was down like this hall that you could pull out different doors and like shut off walls to and kind of rearrange the hall in such a strange way. Um, And then, you know, there was all these staircases and it was a very spread out kind of sprawling hotel. Mm. And there was all these staircases that you would like to find like, where the heck does this go? And you'd like come out, you'd follow it and you'd be like, oh my gosh, where am I? Like I'm in a totally different part of this hotel that I've never really been to. Um, And then there would be these... You know, you could you would, if you followed certain staircases, you would go to these very different designed rooms huh. that you were like, like they it were like fit. had different themes. Huh. Like one was like a nautical theme and had like <laughs> portholes for windows. It so weird. Um, it was like this. It was just so strange. Huh. Such a strange. I mean, it's kind of when you go to any country, you just find stuff that right. they do this so differently, but. This reminds this the mm. bathhouse reminds me of that because there was so many just different mysterious like I don't understand like right. like in the middle of the hallway there'd be like an office like someone had an <laughs> office and a desk just sitting here and I was like I've never seen anyone in the entire like month I've been here like no one has ever been sitting at this desk but it's here for some reason I mean the halls were all so narrow that we could right. climb up with our just like uh-huh. pushing our back against the walls and I don't know it was just one of those things like. Huh. I just always remembered that building and this building reminds me of that hmm. where there's just like if I was there I would have so much fun exploring, just exploring it. it yeah yeah like as a kid you just want to go to in, in all the different levels mm-hmm. and the different rooms and um, it just seems real yeah. in a strange sort of way very yeah um but she's working in this bathhouse um and she the first thing she does, she's just trying to be helpful, and and you kind of see her character after getting a job has kind of perked up. She to some has degree. perked up, but I, I like how bad she is at it first. Yeah, like she's not great at it. Uh, the, her little, what's the girl's name? The her like little kind of big mm. sister who's assigned to kind of take care of her and watch over their work is together. It Jen. Um, I can't remember. Lynn. 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 Yeah. She's like, have you ever worked a day in your life? Because yeah. she like, can't mop the clots. floors. Yeah. yeah, like she's just really bad at it at first. Yeah, she's not like, yeah. But great. she does. She kind of perks up. She gets like a purpose. Yeah. She's like kind and of she, just. She, she works hard. That's yeah. the thing. She she gives it. She does her best. Yeah. Um, but she ha- her, the challenge is she has to figure out how to get the curse off her parent, lift the curse from her parents. Yeah. And Haku um, shows up um, at, before they really yeah. start working. So Haku is interesting. So he's, um, the, this is her friend who seems to be looking out for her, but he's mysterious too. Mm-hmm. He works for Yubaba. Yeah, and she finds what, that out. Yeah. She's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, he's kind of Yubaba's henchman, mm-hmm. even though he's young. And he also is a dragon. So he yes. tra- can transform into a dragon. I love how she's like, you're a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and what what she realizes is that he's also under a curse too. He's been cursed by Yubaba. She's stolen his name. He can't yeah. remember who he is. Well, and what happens is she the, he takes her to see her parents as pigs, yeah. and he says, "Look at them and remember them because you're the only one who's going to be able to save them." Yeah. And they look like pigs. They look like, like they pigs, don't yeah. look like their parents. Yeah. And this is when he kind of explains to her what how Yubaba controls her people is she yeah. steals their name, and he explains that to her and she happens to have a card from one of her friends from when she was yeah. moving that has her name on it and she realizes she'd already forgotten her name um, and he says I can't remember my name I've done everything to yeah. try to remember my name and so that's kind of his quest in a way is he he ha- he's her henchman yeah. because he's he's being controlled by her yeah and Baba he, yeah she it's always kind of a question is is he whose side is he really mm-hmm. on you know um but the first thing, like a big mistake she first makes is um, she keeps seeing this strange spirit yeah. that's just, um, it's it's a very interesting design to this spirit. Um, it's like a, it's like a black. Kind of like, like a, a kabuchi black, mask. Like, yeah, exactly. Like a black, just kind of but very really nondescript. Simple. Really simple, but this, but wearing this mask. Um, and they called the spirit No Face. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of the only one who can see No Face, it seems like. Yeah, he keeps kind of like disappearing. And he keeps following her around. It's, um, and he doesn't seem to be threatening or anything like that, but he just seems to kind of like her. I wish a hero, I would definitely be threatened. <laughs> yeah. And so she sees him outside at night. He's just mm-hmm. kind of looking in the window um, outside the bathhouse. And she's like, do you want to come in? And so she leaves the door open yeah. for him and lets him in. Yeah. It just turns out to be a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. A little scary. Yeah. Um, so as she's working in the bathhouse, she, she, um, you know, kind of through grit and just hard work, um, ends up doing some really good stuff. She helps one yeah, customer. Yeah, she keeps really making a name for herself. Yeah, exactly. People are slowly starting to realize that she's a hard worker and she, she helps out like a river god. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, you know, kind of makes her a hero. And she gets she gets like a gift from him. Which yeah, which is a really great part later. Yeah. yeah. This river god who she she kind of helps clean. Um, oh, that part is so gross. It's so gross, but it's really good. It's I like love it's it. like a yeah. good kind of yeah. gross. Like yeah. it's really satisfying. Yeah, that scene is is pretty awesome, and I love the way that scene ends with everyone's like cheering. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. It's a weird scene. It's but. a weird scene, and also Yubaba like is like you. You feel like I like Yubaba in that scene yeah. a lot because yeah. they're trying to clean this disgusting spirit, and she she like sniffs out the problem, and yeah. she's like, "This is what we need to do." Yeah. She comes down, and, like directs everyone yeah. really dramatically, yeah. and it's a great scene. Yeah, um, and uh, and so yeah, Chichero is kind of the hero here, and as a thank you, the river spirit gives her like this dumpling. Yeah. Um, that, you know, comes to play later. Yes. Um, but, but what happens, uh, to the bathhouse is that no face has entered the bathhouse, that spirit that sent our, uh, Tichero let in. And um, what No Face does is um, basically he, he seems like he's okay. So what did you think of No Face? So let's talk about yeah. No Face. Yeah. So No Face. He's a he's interesting he's, to he's think mysterious, about. He's mysterious, but very his, enigmatic. What his deal is? Yes, I think that he he doesn't belong in the bathhouse. Basically, yeah. He's a spirit that shouldn't be there for some reason, mm-hmm. and um, he wants to please Chihiro. He like, likes Chihiro. He likes for some her. Reason. Yeah. And and yeah, and so he he can't talk. He can't talk. But but then, he, but, but what he does is he eats people yeah. basically, and he starts to take on their traits. Yeah. So he eats just the first thing he eats is this frog, and then he can talk like the frogs. So yeah. You see, he, the frogs, this talking yeah. frog, is mm-hmm. kind of like one of the bathhouse managers. He eats him. Uh, no face also can make gold. Yeah. So he makes this gold that like everyone in the bathhouse is like, yeah, Going like crazy. This for rich it. customers yeah. just showed up. Um, and he's just eating everything. He's, it's disgusting. He's it's just really gross. It's really creepy. Yeah. yeah, and he starts just eating everything. He starts and as even he wants Chichiro though. He wants her back, so he keeps calling for her. Yeah. Um, and so 
she goes down to see him, and he's grown monstrous and huge. But in the meantime, she is looking for Haku yeah. and sees him gravely injured. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's before she realizes, before No Face is looking for her, she yeah. she sees him very, he's bleeding everywhere. He looks yeah. like he's going to die. Yeah. And she sees him go up to Yubaba's window. And so she's trying to get to him. Yeah. And then, at the same it. time, No Face is, like, trying to get her attention, yeah. basically. So they finally, yeah, she... How does she save Haku? She brings him down to the boiler room. Right? Um, yeah, so so she interacts with No Face, and he wants to give her gold, and she just says, I don't want it. Like, yeah. it's not something, yeah. you know. And I think at this point... Yes, she gives him half of the dumpling. Yeah, she gives No Face this dumpling. Half that the of river it. spirit gave her half of it. Yeah. And he throws it up. He starts barfing everywhere. Yeah. Like really bad. And then I think he kind of get, she gets him out of the bathhouse and then runs up He's, to yeah, find she basically, Yeah, she basically starts running away. Mm-hmm. Um, but and that scene, just like the gurgling noises his belly yeah. makes and stuff, it's, so it's like really gross. And it's interesting, like, so. So yeah, he's this kind of docile spirit initially, but then as he gets into the bathhouse, yeah, he starts eating everyone. He starts taking on their personalities, um, and like the I mean, Tichero was kind of the one who instigated it by letting him in, and mm-hmm. she shouldn't have done that. I almost like wonder if he was like kind of like a, a predator a little bit, like a representation of that or hmm. something. I just can't figure out like I can't figure out what he's supposed to represent. Yeah, I don't or... even know if he has. I don't think he has to represent anything right. necessarily, but. Just as I'm, I'm looking at that, I just wonder, like, what was the thinking behind him? Like, who, you know, who is this guy inspired right. by? Like, what logic right. does he work by? Um, he's, he's a hard one to get. Because his main problem creepy. is he shouldn't be in the bathhouse. Yeah. Like, he's okay if he's he out of it. He shouldn't be eating the things that he's eating. Yeah. Yeah, because once he starts barfing everything up, he gets better. He gets better. And yeah. he, he ends up being fine again. He has yeah. to barf everything. In the end, he yeah. barfs out the little frog in the frog yeah. like sense away. Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, I think No Face is super cool. Like, yeah. he's one of the coolest Best parts, villain. but, like, yeah. yeah, I don't get it, necessarily. Yeah. So, um... So, in the meantime, she goes up to Haku. Yeah. And Haku's in Yubaba's, like, office. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's trying to trying to save him, basically. Um, but, remember, the little paper things chase her him into yeah. the room. What happened was that... Yubaba sent... Um, Yubaba's sister. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. It was. It turns out Yubaba has a sister who's yeah. another powerful witch. Yeah. And um, she sent Haku to steal something from her sister. And the sister used her magic on Haku to make him gravely ill. Yeah. So he's, um, he basically stole a magic golden seal from her mm-hmm. and, um, and now is cursed because of it. So the... Chichiro decides, well, to save Haku, I'll go just return the seal to her. So mm-hmm. she's going to go visit Yubaba's um, uh, sister. sister. What's her name? Uh, uh, Zaniba. Yeah, Zaniba. Um, so she goes on this journey. But important part. She go. Um, she a she gets a couple things of Yubaba's, which yeah. is hilarious. But that's just a yeah. side plot. But she she her and Haku as a dragon end up falling back down into the boiler room's man yeah. the boiler man's room, yeah. and she gives him the other half of the dumpling. Yeah, and when she does that. Um, he barfs up the seal and like yeah, a little Haku does. Yeah. Haku barfs up, barf up the seal and there's like a little leech yeah. on the seal. Yeah. And she stomps on it yeah, and kills hilarious. it. Yeah. And that part's amazing. It's yeah. so cute. Um, and and I think I think the little leech is. I thought it was the thing like Yubaba put that in him. Yeah. To, to like control, control him. him. Yeah. So she kind of sets him free in that way that he's yeah. not has doesn't have to be your henchman. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit mysterious that part. But so she's going she goes to um to kind of make peace with uh Yubaba's twin sister, Zaniba. And it's interesting because Yubaba has gotten started off very scary and mm-hmm. evil. And now you kind of have a little bit she just seems like more of like an overworked boss kind of <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Like she's just someone who like has a lot on her plate yeah. and like, it just has to run a tight ship. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's like she not, does. she's not, not evil. She's not evil. No. She's just not nice. She's, yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. kind of what, how it turns out. Um, but so she, so 
as uh, Chichiro runs away, No Face, who has ended up barfing everything up mm-hmm. that he ate, just follows her. He comes with her. He comes yeah. with her, and he's very docile now. Yeah, he just like follows her. He around. just follows her. He can't talk anymore. And um, they end up getting on this train, which is just this weird scene that I yeah. absolutely love. It's super mysterious. Yeah, the train like runs through the water. Yeah, the it's train like really runs on the water, but then it goes like these kind of ghostly yeah. people get on and off the train. Um, they go through these like ghostly towns. Do you think that okay? So they're still in the spirit world. So yeah. these, are these like spirit like like a parallel universe? Like this is happening in the real world too, yeah. and that's why they're kind of. I don't know. Spirit. I just always liked that scene because it just felt so mysterious and kind of like other, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, it just it's really beautiful. And um, the music. Yeah, it's just a really quiet moment, mm-hmm. and it, again, there's there's a lot of moments, and he's Miyazaki's so good at this where he. He just paces the film so nicely because there's just moment, quiet moments of rest and kind of real beauty, mm-hmm. you know? And after then, all the excitement. After all these exciting moments. And so it's like, like Michael Bay is like the worst offender. We just like make <laughs> it boom, stop. Boom, boom, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that is just how so many movies are today where it's like. They are. They have no to moments keep people of like interested. rest, mm-hmm. you know? Um, all of his movies do that where yeah. it'll just like rest on a character's face and the character yeah. isn't really even like emoting that mm-hmm. much. It's yeah. just sort of is. Yeah. Or they have long scenery beats. And you just kind of have to like look at it and be yeah. still. It's really nice. Yeah. And this is kind of one of those moments, but it really sticks out to me just because it's such a mysterious, beautiful kind mm-hmm. of ride they go on mm-hmm. um, that just doesn't really necessarily seem connected to anything. It's just like an exploration in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. But they um, they get off at the kind of the last stop um, and they come to Zaniba's house. Which is another great like animated yeah. scene. Just yeah. You really mean that beautiful. hopping thing yes. that meets them? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, there's like this hopping light. Little lamp that comes out to greet them. Lamp that comes out to greet them and takes them to the house. And Yubaba lives in kind of this, or I mean, Zaniba lives in this swamp. Um, and Zaniba looks exactly like Yubaba. Yeah. There's like no difference, <laughs> except she's really nice. She's super sweet. She's like an old granny. She's like, call me granny, dear. Yeah, yeah I know. It's like this hilarious <laughs> twist. They like knit together. Yeah. That's, it's... So No Face ends up like, I mean, what happens with No Face is that... He ends up like just living with Zaniba, but mm-hmm. it's hilarious because there's these shots of like No Face knitting. Right. And yeah. like, I, my favorite part is he's eating the pie and yeah. the tea, and he's like, like really like, carefully. Like, he has a yeah. fork and he's like carefully eating they and sit like down to tea. drinking yeah. the tea together. Like, it's just so hilarious to see yeah. it. So, the end of No Face Monsters, like, he's just much better, like, mm-hmm. out of the bathhouse. Apparently. Yeah, and he can eat Granny's food yeah. and he's just very helpful. Yeah, and he's into sewing. She's like, oh, No Face, dear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of what he does. Yeah. Like, he takes the villain and makes it like, oh, well, they, they yeah. weren't a villain. They like, weren't. Yeah, exactly. He's it's not just, scary. He yeah. just was misunderstood. <laughs> or, or like... I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's... He's a hard one to get. No face Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, um, what, what Zaniba tells him is that pretty much, like, because of her, her love... For Haku, Tichiro's mm-hmm. love for Haku, she's kind of already broken the curse on him mm-hmm. when she stomped on that black slug and ca- and came to yeah. her. Yeah, exactly. And she made peace with. Um, you know, she brought back the thing that mm-hmm. Haku had stolen. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of a thing. It seems like um, Tichiro kind of loves Haku mm-hmm. in, in a in a non not like, like a romantic or like crush or like. Yeah. Yeah. Silly way at all. It's like a friendship. It's like a, it's like a love, like a friendship sort of Well, I think it's like a love you have. I mean, she's 10. Yeah. So it's like a prepubescent love. Like those, I mean, you know, you get those like. Yeah, I get it. Kind of crushes, but they're like kind of pure and they're innocence and. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and he says that he's known in the very beginning, Haku tells her, I've known you for a long time. Yeah. So they had know each other from a yeah. previous place. A previous apparently. encounter. Yeah. Well, it comes in, that comes yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. So Haku shows up, um, to take, uh, Chichiro back to the bathhouse. Mm-hmm. In his the, dragon. Yeah. Form. The final step is they need to confront, um, they have they one more conf- task for Yubaba. Yeah. They need to confront, uh, Yubaba. So that she'll break the curse she's put on yeah, her parents. Yeah, because Haku wakes up and realizes what Shihiro did for him. Yeah. And says, you need to let her free. Yeah. And, um, and, yeah. And Yubaba agrees to let, um, Tichiro 
go with her parents if she can identify basically the last task is she has to know pick her parents out mm-hmm. from a herd of pigs yeah um, but on the way back um, Tachira remembers that when she was a little girl she fell into the river and um, she what it was the uh, the uh, Kawaku Kawaku River but she didn't drown yeah. she was like washed safely ashore and she realizes that um, Haku is the spirit mm-hmm. of the Kawaku River yeah and when she tells him that, he remembers his name. Yeah. yeah. It's like the most beautiful scene yeah. in the movie. I love this scene. It's like the emotional peak of the movie, yeah. basically. Because um, like they're, they're flying on, like yeah. it's a flying scene, of course. Yeah, they're fl- she's flying on this <clears throat> dragon's back. And the second he remembers his name, he like... All these scales fall off of him. Yeah. All it's these- really like beautiful but not in an ugly gross kind no, of way it's like, like fly off like butterflies yeah almost. exactly yeah. and they're just like falling through the air mm-hmm. it's this really <laughs> trippy beautiful dreamy yeah. scene um and i love the way she's crying and they're yeah. they're basically like skydiving like yeah. falling through the air. <laughs> yeah and her tears go up yeah. and it's just like a really cool looking yeah. thing i love it so she gets back, and at this point, um, Tachiro's kind of like the hero of the back bathhouse. Like the whole bathhouse right, is rooting, like for. Really rooting for. Um, but she correctly she realizes that none of the pigs are her parents, which is correct. Mm-hmm. That, um, none of the pigs in the herd are her parents, um, and uh, she's released from Yubaba. Yubaba lets her go, um, and. They all say goodbye, and she goes, and her parents are just like waiting for her at the riverbed, like they had never. Right, they're I like, "Come on, hero!" Yeah, like, "Where have you been? It's time to go home," yeah. you know. And so um, they basically just walk back to their car and drive away yeah. to yeah. their new home. Um, and so it's yeah, I mean, it's not it's it's kind of a medium complex plot. It's not as complex as Princess Mononoke. Yeah. Um, but I think you know it's. It's mo- maybe his most, well, not maybe his most fairy tale like, but it's up there. It's like one of the most, it's, it's, yeah, it's, can- it's along the lines of Totoro, maybe a little bit more so. Yeah, it, it feels more like, um, there's more of a central conflict than Totoro. Has more of a plot, yeah. There's more of a, there's definitely a plot to it. Um, it's not as just kind of like, um, it, you know, those films are almost plotless in some ways, mm-hmm, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, they're very like character driven and, um, but, uh, yeah, this is much more kind of a, has a plot, even though the plot is very like fairy tale logic to it. Right. Where it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, these little tasks, yeah. Yeah, and, these tasks mm-hmm. to complete. And, um, you know, then, you know, the heroine has to, to do against all odds, mm-hmm. these kind of tasks that, um, to kind of rescue the people that she needs mm-hmm. to save basically. Um, but it's, it, I don't know. You, you, just watching these, like it's it's so packed visually with just so much like visual yeah. beauty. Yeah. And it takes a little bit. I mean, if you watch it for the first time, I do think it takes a little bit to kind of just get used to how weird it is. But to me, this movie, like it was the first one I saw. It's it was so like thrilling to mm-hmm. me because it was so different and yeah. and it's, it's almost like that movie i was waiting for like yeah, i felt exactly. like i was like yeah. like i've been waiting my whole life yeah. to see this movie is kind of how i felt when i first saw it because it 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 does so many things differently that bug me in fairy tales yeah. and fantasy fantasy sometimes i'm just so fed up with it and this like it doesn't do any of the things that bug me well, it's a movie that you just cannot predict coming into it. Yes. It's just like it does not play by the logic of what you've come to expect right. by the all the films that you would have watched that like are similar to right. it. Like a Disney. Disney basically is like what you're raised That's on. That's what we expect. And like maybe a few land before times or whatever like that. But they all basically follow the same story beats, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, they're very predictable as to how things are going to go. Um, and... Um, and so it's just so strange to get thrown into a movie that just does not cater to those. So everything's kind of so unexpected right. with it. Down to just how gross things can get. Right. You're you like, know. you don't see yeah. like vomit in Disney yeah. movies. Or just like people tearing into food. Yes. Like the parent, in the way they do. Yes. Yeah. Eating. And, yeah. And I think, I think part of what I love so much about it is Shihiro herself as a character yeah. because like we just read in the beginning, yeah. like she's a super normal 10 year old and but she steps up yeah. so amazingly. Well, that's what that's what I wanted to to, to kind of maybe talk about a little bit. Um, so, 
she is probably like as I was thinking about it's like okay Chihiro is probably the most vulnerable protagonist that could be thrown to this situation Mm -hmm. so like if a young child like usually is going to like inspire sympathy and compassion like a you know an infant like Mm -hmm. maybe like Mei and Totoro Mm -hmm. or like um Nemo and Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of thinking of maybe analogous where people kind of come along. Well, they're and- they're helpless, so they so the movie helps them. Yeah, you know what I mean. They mm-hmm. come along because they really can't help themselves. And there's in this sort situation. of a safety there where you're and like, they're safety. not going to kill a baby. Exactly, there's a safety to them. <laughs> He's not so, going to get hurt. Yeah, exactly. The logic is to how to save them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and if you on the other side, like an adult is going to be have the capability and maturity of how to handle these things. Mm-hmm. Like, say, a man could defeat their adversaries with, like, strength and wit, mm-hmm. like Luke Skywalker, Indiana Jones. You know, those are the stories of, even though they're challenged, mm-hmm. but they overcome it by finding... Um, strength and by talent. By finding and, their inner strength, mm-hmm. their inner talent, and just being stronger, right. you know, and just, like, kick them butt. Yeah. Um, and, like, or a woman can overcome, and obviously these can go back and forth between mm-hmm. men and women, but, like, a woman can overcome through beauty beauty and feminine allure, mm-hmm. right? So you have like Gone with the Wind, right? right. It's a great example. Or every single Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, we don't even have to say. <laughs> yeah. It's all exactly. of them. <laughs> right? I mean, that's how they do it. Is yeah. they're beautiful and have this And they like, have like their beauty. feminine charm. They use yeah. their feminine wiles. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's how they win. Yeah. But like a pre-adolescent girl has nothing going on. Yeah, she's for like her. not She's beautiful. not pretty. <laughs> she's, she's not, not like little. powerful. She's like weak. <laughs> She has like nothing yeah, yeah. To, to work with, really. Yeah, it's hard to be like a hero when you're 10. Yeah, exactly. So that was what I loved about this movie because he says, every time I wrote or drew something concerning the character of Tahiro and her actions, I asked myself whether my friend's daughter or her friends would be capable of doing mm-hmm. it. So, Which I love like when she's trying to like clean out that big bath. Yeah. It's just she's bad at it. She's exactly. not strong at all. Exactly. So, I mean, I think he really nailed that. Yeah. Like he, it's like... You know, how this is how a young 10 year old girl could could win in this situation. Um, And I love how she does it. It's actually more interesting that way and more it's more Mm -hmm. compelling as a character because she does it by listening Mm -hmm. when she gets instructions. When people tell her what to do, Mm -hmm. she listens to them. She works hard. She becomes a part of the system instead of like rejecting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she just like plays the game. Instead of, yeah, exactly. She's like, okay, I got to work in this bathhouse. I got to do a good job. I got to play by this logic. And she does it. And and instead of like being like, no, this is wrong and I'm going (laughs) to overcome it through my own she she just kind of submits to yeah. to the world that she's in. She stops feeling sorry for herself. I love how she has like a couple good cries yeah. and then she's like over it. Yeah. <laughs> she's a good friend mm-hmm. to so she's you know she's compassionate, she she's a good friend. She takes responsibility for her mistakes like mm-hmm. by letting no face in. That yeah, was a huge she mistake she and she totally takes responsibility does. for it. I mean it's like and that's the interesting part is and it's like how she doesn't win is also really interesting. She mm-hmm. doesn't find a special supernatural power. Yeah. It's not like she was magic and you, you know you were magic all along. Or, exactly. Yeah. It's not like she's not special. It's not like she has the force. Right. You know, that's be- that makes her stronger than everyone else. Right. Um, she doesn't outwit the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, and this there's this is there's a ton of I'm trying to think of you know, this is like the action movie and kind of the, you know, it's all about like the big twist is how this guy outwitted the, the enemy, mm-hmm. you know, and we love those kinds of movies, right? It's Where like a Sherlock Holmes. Like every like, Ocean's yeah. Eleven movie is yeah. that basically yeah. of how like they were smarter. They were pulling it mm-hmm. over the everyone's eyes all along and they mm-hmm. were just the smartest guys in the room, basically. Mm-hmm. Um there's no prophecy that she fulfills. <laughs> there was no prophecy that Chihiro right. would come and like right. liberate the bathhouse or anything like <laughs> right. that. So there's no like destiny conspiring right. around her to bring the the victory. Um, and she doesn't finally doesn't overpower anyone. Yeah. It's not like she's just like finally. She leaves on good terms. Yeah. She's just like, yeah. She was just like a good kid. Yeah. And did her job and like you know, that was how she won, Yeah, you know? And I think that's what I like, like about her as a character and why it's such an interesting, such an, and this is very typical Miyazaki. Like her arc was, is going from being like whiny and kind of sullen and sullen and kind of a brat to like a mature young lady, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and that's what, 
I think why I like these films a lot yeah. too, and just I think they're good for kids to watch, is because these are realistic aspirations. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That this is Chihiro is actually a good role model in many ways mm-hmm. because she, um, you know, she's someone you should you can admire, right? You know, as a young ten year old girl, yeah. Because she's a way that like you know you can overcome your problems. Yeah, and she makes <laughs> you feel like you can you can do it too because yeah. she doesn't do anything special. She no. just does what's expected of her yeah. she does and does right her things. best yeah. and is honest and yeah. kind and all yeah. those which are in all of his movies. Yeah, like. But she's much more normal. Yes, exactly. Because like, there's not. She's like the one thing that's normal in the supernatural world. Yeah. And usually it's not like that. But I think that that's so it's it's so shocking and refreshing yeah. in a movie and yeah. animated film. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if I, you know, if I threw any of my daughters in there, I would like into a similar mm-hmm. situation. I, I wouldn't do it. But I mean, if they got <laughs> sucked into a spirit world, you know, like this is like. I would think this is a great way to behave. Yeah. You know, well done. You could yeah. have done this yeah. too. You know, every gir- young girl has this in them. Yeah. Cause not, it's not. Yeah. Not every girl has the force. No. But, but every young girl can win like Chihiro does. Right. You know? Um, and it, it is, it's just, yeah. it's just <laughs> such an amazing story for a little girl. Like, mm-hmm. and for anybody really, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, she's never rescued, and she's not spunky. Yeah, and she's not like <laughs> clever. Yeah, or, you know, she's exactly. just so so in her normal. Not overly precocious. Yeah, she. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, and it just it's it 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 has the. It's clear that he was someone who closely observed, mm-hmm. like, he wrote something for a 10-year-old girl. Yeah. And I guess yeah. I, I was watching that documentary, and the family that this was based on, the little girl was based mm-hmm. on, said that when the movie came out, it was so surprising to them to see how well he had captured their daughter, basically, mm-hmm. like, because they were like, he must have been watching that whole time, because yeah. it's it's so obvious she's like, she is a real person, you know? Yeah. As far as an introduction to Ghibli, mm-hmm. where do you think this is a good introduction? Because this was kind of what most people had as their introduction. I think it's a good introduction. I also think it's really fun to start earlier and kind of watch the progression of his movies. Yeah. Um, but it's going to grab you. And it might also kind of let you know if you will like his movies. Well, that's what I wonder, because it's if you look at it, it's... Um, it has like there's it, it, it even though it's way less dark and grim than like Princess Mononoke mm-hmm. it still has kind of more edge than his earlier films I think it's like the most well produced probably well produced and I mean I mean the score it just yeah. kills like it is score. so beautiful the animation itself is probably the, I think well, I don't know. That's really hard well, to say. Well, it's it's one of those films that like if you're put off by kind of like right. the grosser or weirder kind of like the creepy looking. Yeah, and if you're a young kid, this isn't a great introduction. It's a little no. too scary. I think it should be like preteen is yeah. a good age. Like to watch I would think this. a good way if you're a kid. I mean, you could start with Castle in the Sky or My Neighbor Totoro or Totoro. Um, and. You know, if if you find like like it's not a gentle introduction to yeah. like Miyazaki and like his strengths. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like we're putting it all out there. This is like all of our creativity on display. Yeah, I think Castle in the Sky or Totoro would be the best start. Yeah, Totoro. Yeah, any any yeah, Totoro is a, a really gentle introduction. <laughs> yeah, it's like, great for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Castle in the Sky, if you kind of like the adventure, that's a fun one. Yeah. Um. But this one, yeah, it's interesting that this was the thing that was kind of the big debut for American audiences. Well, it might be just because Disney got it. Yeah. You know, everything else before that wasn't Disney. Oh, exactly. But it was the one that I think got most people's attention. Yeah. Like, if you talk to people, a lot of them are like, yeah, this is the first one I ever saw. I think, I mean, I, I think this may be, it's hard because they're all so good, but... Yeah. This movie is like every moment is beautiful and to mm-hmm. me really meaningful. Like all those silent and and also so all of the subtleties are so 
poignant. Like you, you just get so much character development from this movie and, and beauty. And I think like the score is the prettiest so far. Yeah. I think they did the prettiest score on this movie. Yeah. Um, and it really adds to it. So for me, I think, yeah, this movie is like, it's, there's not a movie where he's creatively off his game. No, period. none where you're like, yeah, yeah that was, yeah, that kinda, was kind of like retreading. <laughs> that was a flop, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, this one is is kind of like clearly they're firing on all cylinders, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and uh, so, I mean, creatively, it's just like kind of mind blowing to watch mm-hmm. how good it is. Um, and it has, it, it, as far as you know, his protagonist. It's one of his better ones, mm-hmm. I think. Well, I've, Always has great protagonists, but this and one... And his antagonists, yeah. I mean, are great, too. Yeah. Great characters. It's a really, really good one. I think um, I think the one, like, thing for me, like, other films, um, you know, it's... Like, they kind of emotionally... I don't know. I've got, I love this film so much, Yeah. but like there's certain ones that just edge it out a little bit because like Chichiro is also almost so young that I kind of view it from like a fatherly perspective, right. you know, it's hard to identify, it's with hard her. to identify mm-hmm. with her a little bit for me. So right. that's, that's the one thing that I feel like for a young kid, that's why I think this film, you know, it would be really mm-hmm. I would, if, if, if it was just if it was just a little bit more adult if, if she the was main like protagonist was just a little 13 bit, yeah <laughs> honestly yeah. yeah like if she had crossed yeah. that barrier into yeah. kind of like adulthood a little bit yeah like I feel like I could have almost like grabbed onto it but mm-hmm. it's such a young she's I such a young that, character yeah. um like in the next in the film after this um which is Howl's Moving Castle yeah like like that one is not most people it's not their favorite but that one really grabs me huh. like and on an emotional level um and i think because it's almost where it's like the opposite end of the spectrum where the main character is like an old person okay and, and so it's hmm. something that i'm a little bit closer to <laughs> having been born old yes um, <laughs> always so been that way i've always been old <laughs> but yeah so that would be the one thing where i'm like uh, it's like that maybe makes it not in like the absolute top top. And it was, he said, a film for a ten year old. Yeah, you know, exactly. which is just. It's been a long time since I've been a ten year old. Right, <laughs> and I think it's just so like to me. I keep yeah. just getting more and more impressed with Hayao Miyazaki as a person, yeah. and just like to take to make a film for a ten year old, and yeah. like you're not making it for, you know the wards or the people or like it's just it's just such a beautiful thing well, the to interesting do. thing about Miyazaki that I don't think we've talked about to this point but you know he doesn't script his films right <laughs> so he just starts drawing his huh. films he storyboards and he I mean that's how he writes them is he storyboards wow. the scenes out that's crazy um which is just insane. And he does it all himself. So he has like the story in mind. He storyboards it and then yeah. the script comes later. But no, he like, he writes the story through storyboards, uh-huh. you know, which is insane that you yeah. have a director and he's not a young man at no. this point, you know, he, like that, I say, I was saying, I was watching this documentary and it's, it literally is mind blowing yeah. to see the environment he's working in. Yeah. It's like the most shoestring, shoestring animation studio you've ever yeah, seen. It's hilarious. Cause like Disney, you go to their animation studios oh. and it's like, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> looks like, like you know, hundred foot ceilings yeah. uh-huh. and like, you know, they're living in these opulent. I'm sure you're getting, and it shows them um, every night yeah. they work so late. They're doing dinner at 11 o'clock yeah. at night dinner yeah. and and one night it shows him like making top ramen for everyone yeah. and it's like the tiniest it looks like a kitchen you would see in like a studio apartment like yeah. tiny little stove and he's like making top ramen for his it's his shocking. animators yeah it's shocking and they're like yeah. thank you Mr. Miyazaki and yeah. you're just like this is well that was the weird. thing it was interesting that, that kind of comes out too is he you know he talks about how um you know, if, if he's anyone in the story, he's Yubaba, which is kind of a funny thing. Or the thing. boiler man. Well, yeah, because he, he talks about how he sees these young women come to into their animation room and everything's oh. so scary to them. Oh. And like everyone's kind of grumpy and just like, get your work done. Come right. on, you know. And it's about them kind of finding their place hmm. in, in the studio, you know. And the people yeah. at the top are scary and always barking at them, yeah. you know, and stuff. And, huh. uh, <laughs> um, and so it's, you know, you, you can huh. kind of see how 
the the bathhouse in some way is Studio like Ghibli. Studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the way people, you know, but it's yeah. it's not that, but that is how mm-hmm. that is the experience when you become an adult and are kind of thrown into the world. It's like, oh, people don't like people aren't coddling me anymore. You have to make your way. I have to yeah. make my way. I have to work hard and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I'll be okay. I'll, I'll get the, I'll get, get, get up to the pace here. Yeah. But, um, it's a little bit difficult, but yeah. Well, any other thoughts on Spirited Away? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I mean this, it's, it's one of my favorites. I don't, I mean, there's literally nothing bad to say about this movie for me. And mm-hmm. I think when I saw it, like, like I say, it blew my mind the first yeah. time I saw it. I'd never seen anything like it. It was like a breath of fresh air, yeah. and it still is, you know? Yeah, if you like animation and you've never seen mm-hmm. Spirited Away, like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, get on it. You absolutely have right now. to. You're, you're, you're missing out on something that will blow your mind. It's just like, to me, yeah, every there's so many parts that are like really meaningful to me. I don't, it just, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, if I could tell a story, it would be like this. <sighs> yeah. yeah, if I could, I would be really excited. <laughs> I would really be full of myself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Very beautiful film. Yeah. Well, that, that does it for me. Yeah. Any, uh, well, what are we talking about next week? Get, so it'll be Howl's Moving Castle? Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And sorry about the delay, too. Yeah. We were sick for a week. It's almost we are camping next week, so hopefully we can get the episode out at some point. Yeah, next week, probably. Yeah. Um, so we will talk about Howl's Moving Castle. And I don't know, this one seems to not be like kind of lower on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. Um, it's pretty high on my list. Well, I've seen... So I think I saw this movie first, and then I saw um, Princess Mononoke, and I think I've seen this one. But like, it was a really long time yeah. ago. So I remember like not liking it as much as yeah. Spirited Away. I mean... So Miyazaki writes characters um, like he does really good female protagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, another female protagonist. Has is, he had a male protagonist yet? Uh, well, kind of Castle in the Sky. Yeah, they shared that. Patsu. Yeah, yeah, Patsu kind of was more. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I have a pretty big crush on Sophie. Okay, yeah. so it's a she is the protagonist. She's a protagonist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited, she's and cute. she's an adult. She's an adult, okay, yeah. and an old woman at some points. So it's kind of a what is that Harold and Maude situation? Is she the one with the big braids? Does she have big braids? Yes. Okay. Yeah. She does. I do remember that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a good one. Like okay, I'm excited. All right. Well, we'll talk next week. Thanks, Ross. Next week. I think we owe a lot to that cat. Hi. Your little kid is right on it, cat. Right on. Bye. 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 Bye.